Adoption Now, telling your adoption story, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now, here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Thank you for tuning in. Adoption Now is a Denver radio program on 94.7 FM and now an international podcast. We tell adoption stories from the perspective of the adoptive parent, the birth parent, or the adoptee. We are also a nonprofit, and our mission is to give adoption a voice. We do that through storytelling and giving families the resources they need before adopting, during the process, and post-placement. We are so excited about how fast this show is expanding. Thank you to all of our donors. We have now opened up for advertising on our show. If you are interested, you can contact us at adoption-now.com. And remember, all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Today, we have a mother of six from Utah on the show. Wendy adopted through LDS Family Services, state foster adoption three times, one private infant adoption. She did IVF twice and got pregnant, and then she donated 15 embryos to another family. Wendy, welcome to the show. Hi, April. Thanks for having me. That was a mouthful. You've done a lot. Ah, Yeah, it's been a really eventful ride. So you have six children. Yes, we do. And that's just amazing. Did you ever think that, first of all, you'd have six children and that you'd go through all these different avenues to bring home children? Well, I always hoped I would have a large family. Um, But then when infertility became our journey, I started to lose hope on that and so yeah we feel incredibly blessed and I wouldn't change it I wouldn't have it any other way let's talk about your first adoption okay so how did that all play out for you um we had been married about three years and had been trying to conceive the whole time and we decided to pursue adoption and uh, a lady that lived in my hometown contacted me when she knew that we were seeking to adopt and informed me that she had a niece who was getting ready to place a baby and wondered if she could connect us. And so that's how we met our first birth mother. And we met her when she was eight months pregnant. And a month later, we brought home the most beautiful little baby girl. And you have an open adoption, right? We do have an open adoption with her. Um, it, It wasn't always open. We've had ways because of her aunt to contact one another if needed but over the years it's kind of evolved and become more and more open and now four of our five adopted children actually come from that same birth mother oh my goodness wow so let's talk about the second one so our second child we got her when she was three and a half years old she was through utah state foster adopt um we were her second home and her first home was an aunt so she didn't really experience the typical shuffle that can happen in foster Um, but it was a fight to get to keep her and we're so grateful that we did and we've had open adoption relationship with her birth father's side of the family but not with her birth mother and we have recently tried to make connections with her birth mother's family and that hasn't gone the way that we hoped we will continue to try um but yeah she she came at three and a half and that was a very different experience than bringing home a newborn how so 
Um, she <clears throat> she was developed. She had her mindset on, you know, how life was, and it was very different than um, growing up in our home. And it was traumatic for her. Her first three years were very traumatic. And so we had a lot of um, slowing down life for a while and learning how to help her feel a part of our family and and to help our almost five-year-old daughter at the time learn to adjust to now having a little sister that's just right on her tail all the time. And so it, it was quite an adjustment process, but... We we made it and we did it again and again and again. <laughs> so <laughs> right. <laughs> How long would you say that that process took? Uh, it's ongoing still. Ongoing, but where where did you feel functional? I mean, I think that a lot of people ask that right now. Their life is upside down. They brought home an older child, and they're trying to work on attachment. And everyone wants to know how long before, you know, we need to bring somebody else in or this is not working, what would you say? Bring someone in on day one. Um, I think we have to adjust our viewpoint of what's working and what's not working. Mm. Your idea of just being a mom and them just being a child and that love is enough is is really not accurate. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's an it's an ongoing lifelong process. I would say that it never felt off to the point that I, I wondered when it would normalize. Um, but there have been it's kind of ebbs and flows. There's been moments where I thought, oh my gosh, I thought we were past this. I thought we had worked through this and that we were, you know, advancing and and then here we are again revisiting this. And it's it's what happens in trauma. You know, with those wounds, they can heal, but they don't ever go away. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's an ongoing process. But I would include every positive influence that can be of help to you, whether it's just respite help to give you a break or it's professional counseling and help that way. Let everybody in that can offer help because you're going to need it. That's great advice. Okay, so at this point in your story, is this when you decided to try IVF? Yes. Actually, we were in the process of starting IVF before we adopted our second daughter. Um, I had already started the um, preliminary testing phase to find out if we were a candidate when we got the call to take in our second daughter. And so we were actually pursuing our first round of IVF during the same time that we were going to court every month fighting for our our now three-year-old daughter, and it just happened that the day we final, the final hearing for her adoption was also the day that the doctor called and said that our embryos did not develop past an eight-cell stage and that IVF was not going to work for us. So that was a very bittersweet day, um, and we kind of thought we would close that fertility chapter at that point. And then two months later, we received a letter in the mail saying that it was an error in the fertility clinic's lab and that they invited us to try another round of IVF. And so about another year later, it took me about a year to emotionally decide I could put myself through that again. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we tried again, and that time it worked. So it it was in the process, yes, when we adopted our second daughter. 
So you got pregnant. Talk to me a little bit about that pregnancy. I got pregnant. It seemed very typical pregnancy for the first um, first half of it, I would say. Um, I was enjoying every bit of it, the morning sickness, the weight gain, everything. I was just so thrilled and so excited that I was finally getting to experience pregnancy. Um, my husband says it was the most awful nine months of his life, and he never wants to put me through it again. And I, it was a very difficult pregnancy on um, the second half. And I do remember how awful it was, but overall, like, it was just one of the greatest moments of my life. And so um, but at 24 weeks, I started having um, early, oh, I can't even think of the word now, sorry. She started threatening to come early. Um, and so they started watching me really close, and by 24 weeks, I was put on full bed rest to try and keep her in and oh my I gosh. Was constantly being taken up to the emergency room showing preterm labor and by 30 weeks they actually life flighted me out to Colorado which was where the closest NICU was to us at the time and I stayed there for about a week trying to keep her in and then they sent me home and within two days of being home I was right back at the ER so at that point we had to make a decision. We had to be by closer to a NICU than we were. And so we took our girls out of school and moved five hours away and lived in an apartment. And I homeschooled them from my recliner that I had to stay in. And we stayed there for five weeks until I was far enough along that it would be safe for the baby to come. And at that point, we then moved back home. And so I did finally get to have her at home with my doctor there, but it was it was a very scary and high-risk pregnancy experience. And you had a baby girl. We had a baby girl. She was very little but healthy, and it was just amazing to see our genetics and something I had kind of accepted might never happen. And, yeah, so now we had three beautiful girls, and we were just thrilled. Really? I mean, when you talk about a hard pregnancy, probably when you first started, people were thinking, you know, it's challenging. Maybe the baby came early, but you're talking about a full move. I mean, you took your kids out of school. You're living in an apartment. You have to sit in a chair. I mean, that is really, really difficult. And, And praise God that she came out healthy and that you had three children. But you had 15 embryos left over, correct? Yes, we did. We had 15 embryos still left from that. And, you know, initially we didn't know what our plans were at that point. Um, I think we just thought in our head, we'll take a year or so and and see what we feel at that point. Um, But the part that really kind of put off any further fertility um, for us was two days before I delivered. Oh, no, don't tell it. Don't tell it. Let's take a break. No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) let's take a break because people want to know what happened two days before okay stay tuned you're listening to adoption now we'll be right back
94.7 FM, The Word. Hi, this is Bethany Miller, the Director of Events and Media here at Adoption Now. Thanks to you, Adoption Now just keeps growing. We want to give you an opportunity to start sponsoring locally here in Denver and nationally through our podcast. In return, we want to support your business through advertising on this program and on our new donor page. It's a great way to show that you and your company support adoption. Help us keep telling adoption stories so we can encourage the adoption community and bring families the resources they need. If you're interested, contact me at bethany at adoption-now.com. Together, we can give adoption a voice. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today we're talking to Wendy, and on her journey, she has brought home two children. She has just gone through a very difficult pregnancy and delivered a baby girl. And we ended, and you were saying that two days before you yeah, had your two baby. Days before I delivered our daughter, um, we got a phone call from our oldest daughter's birth family asking us if her little brother, who was 15 months old, could come and be a part of our family. And so we said, yes, but I'm actually in labor, so let me have this baby, and then we will come and pick him up. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so now you have four children. So all of a sudden I have four children, yeah. Um, And and just, he he came to us, he was the one that ended up becoming a private adoption. He was not in the custody of the state. And so his adoption took a little bit longer because we didn't have any legal jurisdiction governing his welfare. Um, his grandparents had been granted legal guardianship, which they then transferred to us. Um, and so it was about a two-year journey before we finalized his adoption. I mean, you think about having little children in general, and it's a lot of work. But then you add in this element of paperwork, uh, court dates, and all the things that the state is making you do. And that can be right. so stressful. And I know that, you know, the part of your story that I just think is so interesting is that you have these 15 embryos um, sitting in a freezer. And people really don't understand that. With IVF, you have oftentimes leftover embryos. And families don't know what to do with them. They can carry all of them. But you had such a difficult pregnancy that was not an option for you. This is a big question for a lot of families. What do we do with these embryos? We just keep them in the freezer. You can donate them to science. You know, most people do not want to do that. What's another option? And what were you thinking about? Well, I knew right away that I was open to the option of donating them. Um, I had come across the idea of embryo adoption and thinking at it from the recipient side before I was able to conceive. And my heart had been open to it, and so I knew that I was willing to do that. It did take some time before my husband felt like he was ready to take that journey with me. Um, And if I could give any advice to anyone considering it, it's just that. Take your time and make sure that you and your companion are on the same page. Um, There's no time limit with frozen embryos. It's not a nine-month, you've got to make a decision before this baby's here. You have time to make a decision, so make an educated decision. Make sure you're comfortable um, if you're seeking to have an open embryo donation um, where you know the recipients and you'll interact with them and have a relationship with them. Take your time and get to know their family. Our experience actually moved quite quickly once we decided to donate. Um, The time from 
being introduced to our recipient family, meeting them for the first time, donating, and having a successful transfer was about four and a half months. Wow. So it was very quick. Right. But it's one of those moments in my life where the stars aligned and Heavenly Father had a hand in every step of it and every step of it felt right and lined up perfectly. And we, we have been blessed in our experience. So you have adopted children, but now you are donating your own DNA to another family who cannot conceive. I mean, I can't really wrap my head around that. And I'm sure people ask you questions like, why didn't you do surrogacy? Why didn't you at least try to maybe carry again? And what do you say to people who say that to you? Um, For me, trying to carry again, every step of our adoption journey or building our family, whether it's fertility or adoption, um, we're very faith-driven. And we, we... prayed hard and just went with what felt right for our family each step of the way. And it, it didn't feel right to try and um, have another pregnancy. That didn't feel right for our family. And surrogacy didn't feel right either. I actually had people that offered to do that for us. And this just felt right. And so we went with it. And, you know, it's not for everybody. And I don't know that I could wrap my head around it had I not been on the receiving end of adoption. Mm -hmm. I know without a doubt that my children were meant to be with me, that I am their mother. And I know that if this is the route that I'm supposed to go down with our embryo donation, that these babies that would result from it don't belong to me. Um, I just got to be a part of their story. I got to help them find their, their mom and dad. And so... Um, it's just a very personal journey, and I think you'll know if you're called to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really don't know how to explain it other than that. But it, w- it was right for our family, and and this and I believe Millie is right where she belongs. And this mother got pregnant. And did she, she tell you? Do you have an her open second transfer? Her first okay. transfer did not work, and so that was heartbreaking for all of us. Um, and then she transferred the remaining embryos on the very next cycle, and that one took. And she kind of had a little bit of a risky pregnancy as well. Um, there was some spotting early on. She was afraid she was going to lose her, but everything went well, and she had a beautiful little girl who looked just like me when she was born, um, and she is now two and a half. And so our two genetic daughters, our Annie is almost nine, and then their little Millie is two and a half. So there's a six and a half year space between them. And you have an open adoption with them? We do. We have a very open adoption relationship with them. We do family vacations together. We stay at their home when we go to visit. They come and visit us multiple times a year. Um, they're just an extension of our family. And they really taught us what open adoption is. And it's allowed us to kind of reach further into our other children's adoptions and open those relationships up more. And it's just, it's been a blessing. It's been amazing. They've really taught us a lot along the way. And do the sisters know their sisters? Yes, they do. And so how do you explain that? And that's, that goes across Um, the board is that your sisters, but you have different parents. Right. Well, adoption is just part of our story and we don't care what the norm is. (laughs) And so 
it is what it is. We grow our kids grow up, and this is their story. And it kind of has helped our daughter Anne because all of our other children have these amazing adoption stories, mm-hmm. and she has honestly felt like the one that stands out in our family, the one that's different. And this has become her adoption story. And she tells everybody about her. She refers to Millie as her embryo twin. And so she's very excited anytime she gets to spend time with her. Of course, Millie's young enough that she doesn't really understand it, but she knows us and we love seeing her. and, and, And I know she'll know. She'll know all of that as she grows. She has two older siblings that her family adopted, and they know our situation and our story, and we're just considered family. I love that you said that about, well, we don't really care what normal is, and that's really the end result of adoption is that you go into it thinking one way, and you just start living this life that is normal to you. And normal to what God has called you to. I mean, I can ask these questions because I'm also an adoptive mom, you know, and I have been through the journey seven different times and we've done crazy things that people did not understand, but it was right for us. I just love this story because there's a lot of people right now exploring embryo adoption and trying to understand it. And, you know, I always say, just take the next step. If you're interested, take the next step, find out more about it. If it's something for your family, it will come naturally to you and you'll know what to do. And it's not as crazy or fearful as people make it out to be or that you may think it is. But one of the aspects of your story that you said is that even though you knew you were supposed to do this and you had peace and she was pregnant, you had a tremendous amount of grief. I did. I experienced the depths of grief that I've never experienced before. Um, and I, I hesitate to share that part of my story at times because I don't want anyone to confuse it with doubt or regret. It was a very personal experience, and um, it was hard. The, the months following her birth were extremely emotional and difficult on me. Um, but we've we've come through it, and I... I just kept telling myself through it to allow myself to feel whatever I was feeling and to not overanalyze it and try to make sense of it. It is what it is, and this is the feelings that are coming, and to just live through them and experience them and accept them, and it's it's become a very beautiful experience for our family. And helped you understand what birth parents go through probably yes, a little bit so more. Much. Okay, so, so more. you go through this grief, and then you get a call. Yes. So three months um, after she was born, probably at my lowest of lows, I get another phone call that our oldest daughter and our our third child, they have a half-sibling yet again, who is 16 months old and needs a home again. So we took on another little 16-month-old boy. And then while we were in the process of his foster um, situation, the mother became pregnant again. And that little boy was born one month before we finalized his brother's adoption. Um, We got him right away, and we finalized his adoption as well this year. So we that's where the last two came in. So the four of our children all have the same birth mother. The last two are full brothers. And um, we had no idea. We thought we were done. And then here came two more little kids that needed to join our family. And since then, Millie's mom has had a spontaneous pregnancy and now has one genetic child as well. So our two family stories have just been incredibly busy the last two to three years. 
and exciting and overwhelming and wonderful. <laughs> Are you done now at six? Oh, I don't ever get to say if I'm done. <laughs> I said I'm, I was done a few times, and Heavenly Father has said, no, you're not. Yes. Um, I very much was adamant that we would not be taking this last one home. I told the birth mom through her whole pregnancy that she needed another plan for her future children, that we couldn't keep taking children. Because mm-hmm. um, at the time, our little boy that was two at the time, he is a very... He's a challenging one for me. And so and our family was just, I don't know if it was still the grieving process or the upheaval of, of the foster care system again in our life, but that was a very difficult year. And the thought of having even another one, a newborn, come into our life that we knew would be addicted um, just didn't seem possible. But I was there for his birth, and I could not walk away from that sweet baby. Yes. <laughs> he has been such a miracle to our family and he is he is a miracle he's doing so great he just had his birthday on saturday and i i can't imagine not having him in our family so i don't ever say if we're done i know because once you get that call you're like okay i mean we did the same thing with our daughter and once we saw her we had to bring her home you know we didn't plan on four children but it's important to fight to keep siblings together and i love that part of your story i i need to have you back on because i want to talk a lot about um saying yes to children who are exposed and you have so much experience wendy and you can help the adoption community so much um and so thank you for taking the time and sharing your story my pleasure thanks for having me Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook, and remember, all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week.